Welcome to Dolphin and Whale Tales, Wisdom from the Deep, the podcast that brings you wisdom, guidance, and healing energy direct from the dolphins and whales themselves. Now, here's your host, whale and dolphin wisdom expert, Anne Gordon. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Dolphin and Whale Tales, Wisdom from the Deep. I'm your host, Ann Gordon. And today I want to talk a little bit about octopus and octopus medicine. Because I don't know if you are getting the same thing as I'm getting, but lately there's been a lot of stuff about octopus around in the world these days. And it's kind of started with that beautiful Netflix documentary, My Octopus Teacher which was so beautifully shot, so touching, uh, and really bringing life to the world of octopus and their intelligence to so many people. And I, I have long since loved octopus and loved what they're all about and been attracted to them and known for many, many years how incredibly intelligent they are. And I have had the honor of finding twice baby octopus that could fit into the palm of my hand once way back on a marine biology uh, field trip. It was a several day field trip. I was in high school in Olympia, Washington, and we went up to the Olympic Peninsula on kind of a camping school field trip. And one of the activities was exploring the tide pools along the peninsula one of our group found this beautiful baby Pacific giant octopus, but it was so tiny it fit into the palm of our hands. And, and I remember having a picture, taking a picture of this tiny little octopus and it was bright red because I'm sure it wasn't, and you know, we didn't know it at the time, but it wasn't very happy or <laughs> that we were picking it up and looking at it. We were very gentle with it. And I'm, but it was happier to be put back down. But I remember being thrilled at having that experience way back when. And then more recently, when I was in Panama, I remember swimming in this beautiful little bay that my husband and I used to go to quite often. And we took his his son, who at the time was probably like eight or nine, and we were swimming and it was this small little bay. And on the far right, of the opening of that bay out into the uh, Caribbean, the Atlantic Ocean on that side, there was this big rock wall that had all kinds of tide pools in there. So we swam over there, we climbed up on this, this kind of, it was more like a plateau, and we were exploring. And my husband and his son were off in one direction, and I was kind of hanging out in another area, just exploring all the fun in the tide pools. And I came across, again, a tiny little octopus that could easily fit in the palm of my hand, maybe five, six inches long, but it was completely white and it just didn't look good. And I put my hand in the water and it was a very shallow pool and Panama is tropical. So the heat, it easily gets up to 95 during the day. And the water was very hot and this octopus did not look happy and it looked like it was 
poor little thing was was cooking in this really hot water in the shallow water in the direct sun. So I very gently scooped it up and I took it over to carried it over to the the water uh, out into the ocean and I gently placed it in the water and it instantly came back to life. It wasn't dead but it was very weak when I first picked it up. And because it didn't even try and move away from my hand anything. So uh, it it kind of started moving and started bu- putting some color back into its body. And after a few minutes, it then swam away. So that was pretty fun to save that little octopus. I don't even know what species it was. I was just thrilled. And I was so worried about keeping it alive that I didn't even call my husband or his son to come look at it because it was more important to save it at that time. So that was very, very special. So today I want to share with you about what what octopus medicine is because octopus has been coming up a lot lately and lots of people have been mentioning octopus. A friend of mine recommended a book that I just finished reading called The Soul of an Octopus by Cy Montgomery. And it's a really fascinating book. I highly recommend it. It's a woman who's, she's kind of a biological uh, writer. And she goes all over the world and writes stories about encounters she's had with different species of wildlife. And she goes to the National Aquarium on a regular basis to hang out with the octopus there. And she spent several years with them on and off. And then she does some scuba diving in Morea and in Mexico with wild octopuses and all that she learns. And she shares a lot about their personalities, which is really, really fun and how intelligent they are and how strong they are. I, I know how intelligent they are. I actually had a friend who, who she told me this was years and years ago that she had a friend who worked in a marine lab in Seattle and every morning they would come in and there would be water on the floor and in the crab tank there would be a crab missing. But they could never figure out why the crab was missing every single morning until one evening one of the workers came in after hours and found the culprit. It was an octopus who climbed out of its tank, crawled across the floor and into the tank of the crabs, ate one of the crabs. But here's the intelligent part. It then climbed all the way back across the floor and into his own tank. So literally covering its tracks. So in the morning, everything appeared normal, except the water on the floor and the missing crab. That's intelligence. Not many animals know to hide their evidence. Most animals, if they could get in, would just stay there and think, oh yeah, I'm in crab heaven, I can eat. But this this octopus had the intelligence to know it would be discovered and measures would be taken so it couldn't get into the crab tank anymore. That is brilliant. So that book, I just read that book and then... I'm getting pictures and like I walked into a store and it was kind of this fun little antique store in my neighborhood and it was several weeks ago 
And there was this beautiful, I don't know what it is exactly. It's like a ceramic, like a spoon holder that you would put a dirty, big giant spoon, like a dirty wooden spoon when you're cooking. And, but it's this beautiful, like aqua turquoise ceramic octopus. And the head, the round head of the octopus is where you would put the round part of the spoon. And of course I had to buy it and I'm not going to put a dirty spoon on it. I love it. <laughs> I just have it as a beautiful decoration. And, but I've noticed other people are also noticing that octopus medicine is, is out and about in the world. So I thought I would dedicate this episode to octopus medicine so that you can kind of understand why octopus is out in the world for us to tune into right now. So I am going to, I'm going to share with you some medicine that came through some words of wisdom that came through when I tuned into octopus. So this is something that came through uh, April 27th, 2019 from Octopus. So many of you think you are an octopus, juggling eight things at once. You are human with only two arms, which means you are meant to focus on what is right in front of you, not go in too many directions at once. Even though we have eight arms, we use them all for the same goal. They may be doing different tasks, but all with the same end result. When we need to get somewhere fast, we use all of our legs at once, all working in unison. When we are exploring a new area, each arm moves in a different direction, yet always with the same purpose in mind. You humans are the masters of distraction. You only have two arms, yet you attempt to juggle many different tasks at the same time. Well, we octopus have eight arms and are always focused on one task. You think you are accomplishing more by doing eight things at once. In reality, you are getting nowhere fast. And what you do accomplish is not done as well as it could be because you don't have your full attention on any one thing. Try slowing down and focusing on one thing at a time. You will be amazed at how much more you can get done when you are not distracted in other directions. You have a huge brain like us octopus. Focus it as it is meant to be used. This will allow your untapped brilliance to flow out. When you are distracted, your brain goes on overload, trying to manage too many activities. It is impossible for your deepest thoughts, where the most amazing ideas live, to come through. Trying to do too many things keeps you at the surface level of your brain. When you focus on one thing only, you relax and open the door to the deepest part of your brain to come up with miracles and breakthrough thinking. Be like the octopus. We have eight arms that we use to focus on the same goal. They are all governed by our huge brains to easily achieve any goal we set. I love that. And it is so true. We humans, especially with all the technology and 
Facebook and social media and texting and phone and computers and all that stuff going on in our world, we tend to be focused in many different directions at once. And then we wonder why what we're creating, what we're working on, isn't really our best work. Or that we're having a hard time even sleeping because it's hard to turn off our brains. With all the technology, we're training our brains to go in too many directions at once and not focus in one direction. To stop, breathe, focus on one thing. And it's, and our brains tend to just like, oh, I got to check my email. Oh, I got to check social media. Oh, oh, there goes the ding. There goes the notifications. It's like, you know what? When you're working on something, put it all away. Tell yourself you are focused here now. And you'll have to train yourself to get back to that the way we're supposed to be. Because we've trained ourselves to be distracted. But instead, let's start training ourselves to be focused and to accomplishing the goals that we have set in front of us. And you will find you are much more satisfied when you do achieve those goals. And it will be your your best work when you're focused completely instead of distracted. So take a note from Octopus and focus on each task one at a time. I want to share with you a magical experience that I have had recently and all with an octopus, actually with several octopuses. And by the way, it is octopuses, not octopi is the correct term for multiple octopus. And a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, Rich German, who some of you may know, he's a very, he's an ocean advocate, ocean activist. He has his own beautiful podcast, Our Epic Ocean, and he's doing these fun little challenges to get people motivi- motivated to help clean up the ocean. And he's also a very active paddleboarder where he goes out almost every day when the ocean permits, ocean conditions are perfect. And he goes out and he often hangs out with the local dolphins and even whales as they swim by our area in Southern California. And he recently texted me and showed me this beautiful picture of a little octopus that has been found in the tide pools right near his home in Laguna Beach. And he's been showing me videos and pictures of her And then he's shared that there was more than one. And we don't actually know if she's a she, but we kind of call her a female. We She has a female energy about her, but we've been watching more than one. And they've been kind of keeping the location a secret because they don't want the whole world and they don't want anybody to, you know, to bother her too much or to harm her in any way. So, but he did invite me up the other day. And so it's, it's, I'm just two towns south of him. So I drove up there and he took me out there and we found the, there's, there were several tide pools with octopus in them. And the first one we found the octopus was very tucked up in a tight corner. You could see a part of its body and you could see its ventricle, which is its breathing tube, breathing in and out. But it was really tucked in there deep and clearly wasn't interested in interacting. And octopuses are generally nocturnal. Now, I had read a little bit about this species. It's the California two-spot octopus because they have 
two spots on their body, on the mantle, kind of just below their eyes, that kind of look like bigger eyes, kind of probably to scare away predators. And so, and everything I read about them said that they were friendly. So Yahoo, this should be fun. So that octopus wasn't very interested in coming out. So he said, well, let's go check out the other one. So we did. And we walked over there. And this one also was tucked under this little crevice. It was not that big of a tide pool at all. It was amazing how small it was for an octopus. But remember, half of the day, it's completely underwater. So it can swim around and do whatever it needs to do when the water, when the tide is high and covering the whole area. But on a low tide, there's just the tide pool. And she was in there. She was looking at us. You could see her eye. You could see her breathing. You'd see an arm tucked around in front, kind of curled up in her little area. And I put my hand in the water, not far from her, but, you know, but not, I didn't ever want to touch her or bother her. I wanted, if she wanted to touch me, I was going to let her make the first move. But I put my hand in the water and just rested it there. And then we actually dropped in a little uh, mussel just in case she wanted to eat that. But she she really didn't. But when we dropped in the mussel, she moved one of her arms over towards me and uncurled her tentacle, her arm, along my hand and up my hand, went up my fingers, up to the hand, the top of my, where the, my palm, except it was the back of my hand. And then another arm. And then soon she had like three or four of her arms holding my hand and she was sucking on my hand with her little suction cups and exploring me. And if you know anything about octopuses, they actually, they can actually taste with their suckers, which is amazing. So she was tasting me, not in a way to eat me because her whole body was probably from head to the tip of her, her tiniest end of her arms was probably 18 inches, maybe 25 inches maximum. So she's not very big. So there's no way she could eat me. And so she, but she was exploring and she was just resting and kind of sucking on me gently and holding on. And it was the most amazing experience. And then she did the most interesting thing. Now, I knew that octopuses were very, very strong. And I'm sure she was too, but I didn't know how strong until all of a sudden she pulled on me and she pulled on my hand quite strong. And I was like, whoa. And I didn't, I didn't really fight her, but I kind of held my ground. I went with her a little bit and she was literally pulling me under her body, which was really kind of fun. And then she relaxed the pulling and then she pulled again a number of times. And it was really, really fun. We had this really fun little interaction for several minutes and then she just let go and then curled herself back up and, and back tucked herself back into this, her little crevice there in her, into her little den. And it was so much fun that she reached out and, and the people around me were like, Oh my gosh. You know, she must really like you. It's like, I don't know whether she likes me or what it is, but but it was a true blessing from an octopus. So that was very, very special, really fun. 
And then we continued on and we left her to be and we continued on and we found there was another pool where they had seen two octopus the day before. And that was a much bigger tide pool and deeper. There were two in there and at first we couldn't find them. And then they started moving around and there was a lot of little fish in that tide pool. So we watched and the octopus would come out and try and grab a fish. It would, would come out and then become this like this big parachute of a body. And like it, it was had caught an octop, uh, caught a fish and then it went back down into its little cave under the big rocks. And then it would dart from one side to the other. And it was just this great show. It's like, who needs TV when you can go watch octopus in tide pools? It was really a magical experience. When I got home, I was just buzzing with excitement of meeting this octopus and and literally holding hands with an octopus. It's like, how many people can say they held hands with a wild octopus? It was really fun. I felt so blessed. So I decided to tune in to see what octopus wanted to share with us. Now, when I tune in, as you have probably realized, I have a harder time tuning in to an individual. That's not my talent. I'm not like an animal communicator who can tell you what your dog's thinking. I can do that a little bit, but I'm not, that's not my gift. My gift is tuning into the whole species and finding out what their wisdom, their message is for us humans. So this morning I sat down and tuned in. And three words came across right away. Patience, observation, and adaptation. And here's what the message was. In the human world, there is a lack of patience. We often sit and wait, watching for an opportunity to present itself. And then we instantly take action more often than not, achieving our goal. When you sit quietly, observing everything around you, it is amazing how many opportunities we find within easy reach. When you are always busy doing, you are focused in many directions and can easily miss many opportunities that are all around you. It is important to adapt to any environment you find yourself in even unpleasant ones. If you are in an uncomfortable situation and all you think about is getting away, you might miss some amazing wisdom, connections, and gifts that are right in front of you. When you take the time to adapt to every situation, you will always make the most of it. Discernment is important. Sometimes the best action is inaction adapt, observe, and learn. Other times, escape is the best action. Practice taking a moment to evaluate the best course of action. Observe, adapt, or remove yourself completely. Patience is key to happiness in so many ways. When you take time to breathe, observe, evaluate, see the wisdom in every situation, you will become a much happier and wiser person. Sometimes it is important to adapt to your surroundings. You can't change your color like us, 
but you can change the way you respond, act, and think to make the most out of any situation. Adapting does not mean losing yourself or not being true to yourself. Adapting is a deepening of yourself, showing all the aspects of who you are. Open up and welcome octopus medicine into your life. Be patient. Observe the world around you. Adapt to every situation and your life will be filled with happiness, peace, and wisdom. Very wise words from octopus consciousness that came through today. And it's very similar to the previous message I just shared with you that came through in 2019, that we all, when that was talking about being focused in one direction, this is about being patient in observation. And that's when we get to see the wisdom, see the opportunities that most of us, when we're focused in many different directions or doing, 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 and not taking time to observe and even adapt to the situation that we, there are so many things that I know we are all missing when we are not taking the advice of the wise octopus. So the octopus also represents sexual healing. If you have suffered sexual abuse or trauma, imagine the gentle octopus lovingly wrapping all of her arms around you, hugging you. The octopus is absorbing and releasing all of your pain, fears, and negative feelings around this trauma. It is all melting away. Let it go. It's all in the past now. It is okay for you to stand up and be you. Whatever happened in the past is in the past and plays no part in today or tomorrow. That was information that came through back in 2012. And I want to share that when I first started doing my dolphin energy healing sessions, every once in a while, octopus would show up. And I knew then that octopus represents sexual healing. And I was always a little nervous about it when it came up to share that with my clients because I had no idea if they had ever, if they had ever experienced any sexual trauma in any way. But what was amazing and what I learned early on in my dolphin energy healing career was that whatever comes through needs to be shared. So when I shared it, it was amazing. Every single time it was validated by my client. They didn't need to share with me any details, but it often brought up tears and they did acknowledge that it was something that they had in their past that they were still healing from. And so octopus can be a real ally to you if you have suffered sexual trauma in the past in some way, shape or form. And they just imagine this beautiful, loving presence of a mother octopus around you, 
holding you, hugging you, wrapping her arms around you in a loving way, protecting you, allowing you to release the pain, the fears, and all the trauma that has happened in the past. Octopus is a very, very special animal, and I have had the pleasure of of spending time with several. And in fact, my friend Rich was asking me after the octopus held my hand the other day, he says, is that the first time you've ever touched an octopus? And no, in fact, my very first time I ever touched an octopus was, oh gosh, I don't know how old I was, maybe 11 or 12, something like that, 12, 13, I don't know, something like that. And I remember as a family, we went up to, we lived in Olympia, Washington, and we went up to the Point Defiance Zoo and Aquarium in Tacoma, Washington, and they have this nice aquarium. And at the time, they had these tanks. They were like big square bathtubs kind of things, big square tanks. And they didn't even have windows on the sides. They were just these that I remember, like these big cement tanks on the floor of the aquarium. And they had, each one had an octopus in it. And in those days, people weren't worried about Obviously, I don't know, the octopus must have escaped a lot out of those because there was no lid on them, or maybe they put a lid on at nighttime. But the public could just walk right up and stick your hand in the water, and there was no sign telling you not to. So the octopus was moving around, and I did. I stuck my finger in. I like very gently caressed the arm of the octopus, and I remember... At the time, it kind of felt like, you know, kind of slimy, wet Kleenex or tissue paper in the water. And it was rather interesting. And at the time, the octopus just let me touch it and then just kept moving. It didn't reach out to me. It didn't try and grab me because that probably would have scared me (laughs) at that point. And it was a Pacific giant octopus. So it was a much bigger octopus than the one I met just the other day. And I'm sure now those tanks are long gone and they have them in a much better environment and you're not allowed to touch them anymore. But it was a pretty fun thing for a kid at the time. And I I clearly remember it. And I remember my brother and I, my brother was with me and we were both like sticking our fingers in to touch this this magical being, the octopus that we found. I hope that you have enjoyed today's episode about the octopus. I'm not sure if octopus has been coming up in your world, but man, it has been coming up. It's like everywhere I look, there's something about an octopus these days. And as I have shared, other other of my friends have mentioned the same thing, that octopus medicine is really seems to be strong in our world right now. And it makes perfect sense that we do need to stop being distracted and pulled in too many directions. And we need to be more patient, do more observation, and adapt to the world around us. Not try and change it, not try and control it. But that's more in line with the the way of the octopus is about being in flow with the world. When we adapt, we're in flow with it. Going and adapting, again, doesn't mean losing yourself, 
but it's going with the flow, not fighting, not resisting it. And that's where, as they shared, there are many opportunities that can present themselves that we would have completely missed if we were distracted, not focused in the right direction, and not observing the world that as it is happening around us. And for me, as a trained animal behavior and biologist, I have always been an observer. And that's kind of one of my superpowers is observing the world around me, especially the dolphins and the whales and the wildlife, and then extrapolating and using how they behave and turning that into a life lesson. It's wisdom that we can apply to our own lives. This episode of Dolphin and Whale Tales is brought to you by Dolphin Energy Healing, a deeply respectful, highly advanced form of spiritual energy healing. Receive the powerful healing energy of the dolphins right in your own home. Open up to receive from the dolphins at dolphinhealing.net. So I hope you've enjoyed this bit of octopus medicine and how you too can apply this wisdom to your own lives. And if you haven't seen My Octopus Teacher yet, you have to watch it on Netflix. It is the best. And I highly recommend reading The Soul of an Octopus. And I will put a link to that book on the show notes page. And I'm also going to share with you on the website for this, this podcast episode, you will see a picture of the little octopus friend that held my hand the other day. I will put her picture there. And if you'd like to connect with me on Facebook, feel free. I have a Facebook group, Dolphin and Whale Wisdom Pod Facebook group. And feel free to join me there and connect with me. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. So until then, wishing you many octopus, dolphin, and whale blessings. Thank you for diving deep into the wisdom of the dolphins and whales with us. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Get more information at whaletalespodcast.com. 